Welcome back to Thinking About It. I'm uh, Bob McGregor. I'm Stan Fowler. And today we are thinking about things that pastors think about a lot, or at least they should. And that is, uh, how do you go about uh, preparing your sermon? Not just your particular sermon, but your series. What do you preach about? Uh, how much of that is spirit-led? Stan, you've been uh, filling in lately, so you're back into the preaching saddle, and this is relevant to you. Highly relevant. As it is to me. And so because we're dealing with it, let's talk about where we're at, and maybe we'll give some uh, insight to some of our listeners. Yeah, as I said to you, Bob, I, I'm, I'm in this interim preaching pastor role right now, and uh, started off with a series in First Peter, worked my way through First Peter. Now, why did you pick that? Now, I, I picked that because for, for years now, I've, I've thought First Peter speaks with, with what seems like a fresh and special relevance for, for the church in North America that now has a sense of being in exile, so outsiders. First Peter is, is, is just speaking to that. And so I thought, I, you know, if I had a chance, I'd really like to do that. I think it would be highly relevant for this time and place. So that's why I chose First Peter. So you didn't know the particular needs of the church. You just figured we're all in this together. It's going to be relevant to them. Yes, I, I knew that was... That was a, a significant part of the concern of the church in Canada right now in, in our time and place. And then I, a few, over the last few weeks, I, I've had some, some individual sermons that I, that I thought addressed perpetual needs. Well, one of them addressed a very current need. I, I preached Romans 14. How, how do we deal with a situation in which good people come to different conclusions about how to be a faithful disciple. What prompted you to interrupt whatever it is you were doing to preach that sermon? I didn't interrupt. That was one of the one-offs over the last few weeks. But but what prompted me there was, uh, number one, it's one of my great sermons. Yes. That's <laughs> a great issue, too. Which I've preached in various places. But it but it speaks to, to a perpetual need, but especially now, uh, the relevance of the the pandemic, the lockdowns, the the uh, differing opinions among believers about the right way to respond to that, and and the need to think about how, how we relate to one another when we differ on some of those Amen. conclusions. How how much do you think a pastor needs to think about uh, teaching the text as opposed to pastoring his people? I know they're both in there, but I think you know what I mean. Yeah, you're, you're teaching yeah. this is truth. God bless it. It's good. I don't know who you are, but it's God's truth, and I'll preach it. And then there's the spin that we'll put on it because we know the people and we see ourselves counseling uh, from the pulpit. I've I've never I've really never been prone to to say okay, what exactly is is the great need or are the great needs of this church right now. Sometimes it's that, but but the the problem I think with that is, okay, I I know some things from let's say from counseling or talking with individuals or just general sense of the pulse, and yet that may not be the special need for the majority of right. the congregation, and 
And I, I just think you, you run into all kinds of risks going, uh, no, you, you have to be attuned to that because obviously we're, we're teaching the word and we're teaching people and the congregation. Both those things have to come into play. But how about you? To, to what extent do you find yourself asking, Lord, help me understand the special needs of these people right now? Uh, here's, here's what happens to me of late. Like I'm preaching through Matthew. T- it's taking several years. Uh, so that's a bit of a, a problem, but we're, we're overcoming it. Uh, but there are times on a Sunday morning stand when I've already got my outline. It's in the bulletin. I, I have my, you know, it's two hours before the service starts. And I'm just kind of going through it. And I say, you know, this is the right text. But the focus of my sermon, I, I reconsider. And so I get along with the Lord and say, it just seems to me that this particular point, one of three or one of four, really needs to become the whole sermon. And so there are times on a Sunday morning where I'll just turn the back page of my, of my the last page of my sermon, I'll turn it over, and I'll basically rewrite my sermon just in point form. It's not that I have to do a lot of research because I know basically what the text is, but my talking points will change. And I, I like to think that that's uh, the Spirit guiding me, not to, not to a new passage, but to a focus within that passage. And people who sit through my sermon, well, they'll look at the notes that were published and they'll know that something's happened between Wednesday when Bob publishes or the, the notes and when I actually preach it. That's, that's not to mention the uh, incongruence that you create with the PowerPoint when you do that. You've, do people notice that? <laughs> I don't pay attention to I, it. But I don't, I don't, I'm not sure that I ever have, but yeah. I, I know the reality. Oh, yeah. Um, these days, it's, it's, it's not only maybe something printed in the bulletin, but it's probably also something that's going to I'm tempted not screen. to use PowerPoint for that reason. Oh, I, I think PowerPoint's grossly overrated. Yeah. In fact, it's interesting. In my current interim preaching pastor role, the, the church has decided not to go deeply into high tech. And so they've said to me, look, it, you know, it just it doesn't sh- doesn't show up well if we try to show the PowerPoint as well as you. So let's just skip PowerPoint for now, mm-hmm. which is fine with me, frankly. I, right. I think it's a bit overrated um, and often misused. I mean, there have been times in the past when I was trying to learn to use it. I, I mean, I put up the whole outline in slides, and I realized, no, 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 maybe an occasional image or something like right. that. That's that's more useful probably than having it. And, and if in any case, and this goes true for me in the classroom as well, if I've given them significant outline and notes and they have it on paper in front of them, I don't know why they have to look at a screen as well. I really don't. Just playing around with technology. So back to our our focus. Yeah. So we're we're planning our preaching calendar. I'm I'm going through Matthew, but there are times when not only on a Sunday morning that that I feel led by the spirit to interrupt that, but also during the year I will invite you for instance to speak on a subject that I just think needs to be dealt with. For whatever reason uh, the pandemic has come, I had to deal with uh, some issues in the past just I feel like it's time, right? And I don't think I'm responding to a particular need that someone has in the church. I hope I'm not. I hope I'm tuned into what really is a general need. But I'm prepared to interrupt my preaching schedule for things like that. Or I get a guest speaker to come in and he'll say, do I fit in with your preaching schedule or can I preach what's on my heart? 
I'll often say, yeah, just preach what's on your heart. Sure. Get the schedule. Drives Jacob nuts. Jacob uh, and I <laughs> plan the service together, and he likes to work things in advance, get music and everything. Um, I think he's given up trying to contain me that way, but God bless him for trying. Now, you mentioned that occasionally, two hours before the service on Sunday morning, you have this sense that the Lord is prompting you to change the focus of, of the message from, from the text of the day. Have, have you ever f- had what you understood to be a, a serious direct prompt from the Lord almost on the spot to simply change the whole the text and everything? Does it sound spiritual, if, uh, unspiritual if I say no? No. I, I like to think that the Lord gives me time in advance to, to think about those things. I'm open to that. Uh, there have been times when, like when we were outside, uh, second service was outside, first service was inside, I threw away the notes for the second service and preached the message, but it had a more of an evangelistic tone to it. I just felt like... Right. John Wesley or George Whitfield outside. <laughs> and I, I am, I'm conscious that there are uh, neighbors watching. And so I just felt this is I'm, this. I'm going to put an evangelistic spin on this. It's going to come from my heart. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. But that, I think, was of the Lord. But I've never gone in a completely different direction than what I've what I planned. I, I know guys have. Maybe you have. Well, the only time I have, uh, uh, maybe two or three times, but but it's not when I was the preaching pastor at a church. It was uh, when I was I was there as an, an, a guest preacher, and I had planned to speak from a particular text. And and I, you know, I'm 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 not terribly mystical, but but on those occasions, something unusual happened. It was like the Lord prompted me to think of another message and say, you know, I've, I've just got to go a different direction. Um, so I, a, f- a few times that's happened to me as an itinerant preacher. But I'm, I'd am i be much more along your line when it comes to regular day, week by now, week preaching. Just encourage me here. The the new direction you took, it, it wasn't fresh revelation. It was an old sermon, right? It was an old sermon. Okay. It, was, it was another sermon that was available <laughs> to be preached, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't get a direct word from the Lord for the message. I think I got a direct prompting of the Spirit to move in another direction, uh, but but it, it wasn't some new canonical revelation or anything like that. I find my my tendency if, if I'm if I'm in an ongoing preaching ministry is is to think in terms of all right, what what has grabbed me in a way that that I think I can communicate with effectiveness to these people at this time. It's not so much, okay, what are the exact needs of these particular people as it is, okay, it's all God's truth. All scriptures is Mm God-breathed and useful for a teaching. Um, So if I'm preaching scripture, I'm not making a bad choice. So it's more like asking what, Okay, what what do I just have a sense that I can communicate effectively at this point in time? Does that does that resonate with you? Well, are you saying then that on a Monday morning you just go to the Lord with a blank no. slate and say what no. what's on my heart? Put something on my heart? No, it's more like um, 
should I work my way through a gospel? Um, I mean, I'm most at ease with the epistles, okay. and so I find myself saying, okay, I, Lord, I ought to preach other things, so where? Uh, Old Testament? What? You know, what, what grabs, what in my own reading and study, what, just what do I feel like yeah. I, can, I can have a passion for at this point in time? So it's for a whole book. Like what for a whole book, whole series. Yeah. It might be a topical series even, I might mm-hmm. say. You know, I think they need to hear about the person and work of Christ in a fresh way. And I, I just feel a passion to go down that road now. As it happens, what I'm, I think I'm going to do starting mid-August in another few weeks is, um, is work through Psalms, which provides variety and, um, and resonates with people, and it's God's Word. Now, it's, as someone has said, it's, the Psalms aren't so much speaking to us as for us, yeah. because they are often God's prophets speaking well what psalms like there's a lot of different psalms which which ones are you leaning toward well i (laughs) well i i'm probably i i'm going to start i think with psalm one start at the beginning Mm -hmm. and i may preach psalm 150 the second week and say Mm -hmm. okay we've started and finished now we're there okay what which is only humor um I, I have others in mind. Uh, one of the psalms that I've preached on many occasions, I think, with significant impact, is Psalm 73. Why do bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people? How, how do we make sense of that? That is always relevant for yeah. God's people mm-hmm. everywhere. <coughs> the, there are some others as well. I, for example, Psalm 8. Psalm 8 talks about the greatness of God, but also the significance of human beings made as God's image to rule over the creation. Mm -hmm. In other words, it's kind of Christian humanism that says the work people do, if they're doing good things in God's world, managing God's world in a godly way, that's serving God. You don't have to go to seminary and become a pastor to serve God. Mm -hmm. So I think that has... That, that's a psalm I've I've learned to love over time. Amen. Well, that's the benefit of having experience when you. It's not a. There's never really a, a blank slate. There's always something uh, in your mind and in your heart. But the Lord never fails to guide us so that when I step into the pulpit on Sunday, I've always got the sense that I've got a word from the Lord. It means a lot to me. I don't always deliver it with the, with the same expertise, but he, He's never failed me to give me a burden in the pulpit. And so it's, uh, it's good for us to enter into this conversation, to seek the Lord, um, whether you're planning a year in advance or a small series. It's something that every preacher has to think about. And we've been thinking about that now for 15 minutes, so we're out of time. Thanks for joining us. I'm Bob McGregor. I'm Stan Fowler. Thanks for joining us. You keep on thinking. <laughs>